With Father's Day right around the corner, what do you give to the man who has everything? Easy. You give him an experience he'll never forget. You give him Omaha Steaks because a world-class dad deserves a world-class steak. The Father's Day experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to put a smile on the big guy's face this summer with hand-selected gift packages starting at just $89. Just go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout for an additional discount when you shop gourmet gift packages for Father's Day. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. Endless flavor, endless variety, and endless value. Truly, they have perfected more than just steak. Your dad is guaranteed to love every bite. Go to omahasteaks.com, use the promo code BLUEWIRE to get an exclusive savings. Shop for unforgettable gifts that are guaranteed to make dad's day. Because if there's one thing that Omaha Steaks knows, it's the dads want steak. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to save on exclusive packages starting at just $89. What is up? Welcome to episode number three. O2 of On the Corner, the official pitcherlist.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by the 7.0 man himself, Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing? Barely alive, barely breathing. What is happening? Yeah, this is uh this is pretty cool. <laughs> this is uh, uh if you got when you guys are listening to this, it will be PL7 day. It comes out 10 mm-hmm. a.m. on Tuesday on February 8th. If you don't know about this. What is PL7? We have 100% Sackcast data. Uh, mm. Our player pages are the most ridiculous things. They are like my dream come true fast. And mm. we have a new homepage, uh, which is just way better for navigation, looking at everything you want in one place. It's amazing. I I thought you, was gonna, you were going to do another mm there, but I guess not. I was I, too busy looking at the player pages, <laughs> honest to God. Just looking at these beautiful, beautiful player uh, pages. We have, I mean, there's so many things about it. Guys, we have those StatCast sliders, but we have more to them uh, with league averages for every single stat. Not just those sliders. Every table on the player pages, including individual pitch tables, mm. have league averages, which is crazy and insane mm. and there's just there's a lot of stuff. We have more PL Plus stuff. Oh yeah, there's a first episode of the Plus Pitch Podcast, my own 15 minute podcast about pitching. How's uh, that? I mean, it's, that, it's an it's an intro. You know, it's just with the, first, the gold the real one. I know the it's a, gold. It's, it's a lovely looking Gatsby uh, cover from Cody Rogers. It is very lovely. Yeah, but guys, all right, we have already rambled a lot about this. Just go check out the site. It's seriously, it's it's a dream come true. And thank you so much you- for your support. If you don't know where to start to, just go to the player pages. They're really just, just. Beautiful. We have better team just pages now too. We have better team pages so that you can go and find your player faster and a way better search. Oh my god, the search has been fixed and it's in, it's amazing. It's very, very beautiful. It's very beautiful. But today we're we're not just talking about uh, PL7 and how you should be go checking out the new player pages and all the other great information that you can find over at PL7, but. We're also talking about, I mean, it's it's a big time for us. We're, we're there. We're finally yeah. at yeah. Nick's top, not uh, to quote the beginning of the article, not top 50, not top 100, not top 150, but top 200 starting pitchers. And over the course of the next couple of, of, of weeks, we're going to be breaking down all of these 10 by 10 by 10 by 10 by 10. So get ready because yeah. uh, we're going to be filling your feed with a lot of, a lot of fantasy information. I think we'll do that for 10 episodes and then do an 11th. That is like the rest. <laughs> Once we get mm. over 100, I, I think this actually goes Maybe. to, yeah, we'll see. It goes to two fifteen. I think uh, I, I think I had to go a little bit over. I, I just kind of threw them all out there. I was like, yeah, I'll hit 200. We'll see whatever it lands on. And then Dan Straley signs again, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, so we got to add him into it and so on. So yeah. Forth. And yeah, hey, by helps. the way, we're going to have PL projections too. Those will be out um, by the end of the month uh, as well. So more stuff with an auction draft calculator as well. The, you know, March 1st. Uh, like, I guess I, sh- 
can't wait. I sh- I should have talked about that too. We, we, that is a a notable piece of news because yeah. Dan signed an NRI deal, so he's technically going to start. He could make the rotation out of camp. So uh, he also could be sent to the Reno Aces. But yeah, Tyler uh, Taylor Gilbert and Tyler Widener. Gotta get the right Tyler Taylor there. Tyler Taylor. Yeah, that's 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 what we're dealing <laughs> with out of, out of the rotation there. Who's there? Four, so it's Gallon, Mad Bum, yeah, uh, uh, Widener, Gilbert. Uh, you're missing Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver, that's who I'm missing. That's what um, I'm no, there's a there's another. There's an oh Merrill Kelly, Kelly. Merrill yeah. Kelly. So it's interesting. Uh, Roster Resource already has Dan projected as the SP five, which is which doesn't surprise me. No, I mean it Gilbert's me. young and Widener isn't quite there yet. And Straley, from what we've seen in in Korea, I. I think he's good enough. I think he's got it. It's interesting. They have Widener in middle relief, which doesn't sound right to me. I imagine mm-hmm. he. I imagine that'll be the competition for the fifth spot uh, coming into the coming yeah. into the season. Yeah, and yeah, Dan Widener gets ninety five again. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. That'll be interesting. I'm curious to see. I mean, you have to figure Luke Weaver would theoretically be on a little bit shorter of a leash last year. I mean, he wasn't terrible with the 4.25 ERA. He wasn't able to stay healthy over the course of the year. But Dan could be an interesting person to end to add in your NL onlys or in your 15 team leagues and at the end of it. Um, He could be an interesting name to kind of pop off there uh did, did you did you incorporate him into your top 250 yet or you don't know oh well yeah he's uh, dan straley is there uh okay i, I think it, i think i'm putting him uh, by, by like the past 100 by the way you can just go on the site and see all my top 200 the rest of the rankings they're going to be spilled out through the week with the hitting stuff it's not all going to be there on launch day but we kind of wanted to like spread it out a little um, considering there's no baseball uh so uh hey. we have <laughs> i think Dan Straley's in one of my tiers of like they have a rotation spot they don't have a rotation spot and i think he's in i'm expecting him to have a rotation spot so he's at the very end of that one it's not like okay. a strict ranking after like 130 or something it's just like these are names welcome to the so names. welcome to the names there are two things that i want to get into before we start to break down your one through ten so one i mean uh or uh, already there where i have to say read the notes uh when you take a look <laughs> at tick nick's top 200 starting pitchers so read the notes but i do want you to break down what went into this because there is something that is slightly different that you that you hit on at the beginning of your notes that went into this process so i want you to be able to talk to people about that well, I mean, so there's there are five tenants I put at, at, on this mm-hmm. one. There's one that I've been shouting for like two years now, which is this is not a best ball league. Sure. And I it, very much keep in mind that my rankings are not projections. My The PL projections we put out will disagree. We'll have a different one through 215 than these uh, these rankings. But at the same time that, that you understand that it's worth, worthwhile to take a risk on someone instead of getting a 4-6 ERA Someone else that might have a four seven could maybe be a you know sub four year right guy right, and it's always in your best interest to take the guy with the other higher upside in those cases because you don't want to settle for something bad. So, I uh, it's not a best ball. It's it's taken into account that you're going to be using the waiver wire um, in season. Now that's what you preach every year, but there is yes. a tenant that is a little bit new this year that impacts yeah, the rankings. Annoying. I know I, I can't use schedule because yeah. I don't know what the schedule is. I don't know if it's going to be a full season or not. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's a full season for the sake of playing time and all that kind of stuff. But schedules also are very weird at the moment of rotation orders and everything. And I guarantee you when I redo these before the season starts, there will be some guys that get bolstered that were in the 90s or something like that. that get pushed up into the 60s because I say, you know what? At the end of my draft, I have one more spot left and I don't have some amazing exciting starter that i'm gonna throw out there the first day or two i might as well get someone who has a great matchup against the pirates that i can go five six innings actually help me this week i will be favoring them because that's who should be on your team yeah okay so that actually brings me then to my next question which is the last thing i want to do before we start breaking down your top 10 so uh, clearly right now there's no way of knowing when the season is going to start right we can probably assume i'm i think you are are you still holding to it's going to start on time i am all right okay we've got we've got like what when does spring training need to start for there to be opening day on what april 1st or so what is it it's like it's right around there something like that. yeah it's the end of march april yeah yeah so you need I think Trevor Plouffe was saying like you need at least two weeks to do sure. it. Okay. So that means we got to have like a CBA agreed upon 
in a month. Okay. We can do yeah. that. Yeah. Yep, that's true. That's true. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but yeah, I think uh, that's true. They do have they do have a month, and yeah, theoretically, you could cut down on a little bit of the spring training time. Pitchers and catchers, pitchers and catchers were supposed to report in a couple days, right? I mean, yeah, in like a week. Yeah. Um, so, but with that <laughs> said, let let's say that there is going to be a delayed start. We obviously can't even it would, anything would be conjecture about how delayed it would be. But if there were a delayed start. Is it something where every week the season would delayed would be how much your rankings would be impacted? So if it was one week a delay, it wouldn't really be impacted. But if it was three or four weeks, there would be a larger well, impact. Well, no, if it's no, it's, it's more about just who were they facing in that first week? You know, the schedule changes, right? So you're saying that a lot, but I'm saying if the season went to 140 games, there yeah. wouldn't be any impact. There would be some. I mean, it's hard to overlook that entirely. One point we were making during 2020 was some injured guys that we questioned on. Maybe like Zach Eflin is a little bit more interesting or Jameson Tyone because their opening day status is in question, especially Eflin's. Tyone's is a little bit more in question. Uh, mm. That is an impossibility, but I don't know. Uh, and hey, give him an extra two weeks and maybe Tyone is back in time and Eflin's only, what, two weeks removed then, right? Because we expect him back in May. So, I mean, stuff like that, yes, and maybe some volume concerns, like maybe Shane Boz comes up earlier because of it, or someone like Michael Kopech that I expect to start. If he is starting, then, like, you guys really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Alec Manoa and Shane McClanahan, those injury concerns versus the Aces, maybe not as much of a difference. So, yeah, there are some considerations there, but I, I think the biggest impact will be, like, who are you guys getting in the first week or two? Because I need to know that to be guys I get in the 22nd and 23rd rounds of my draft. So I feel really good out of the gate. So that's interesting. I was anticipating that there was going to be a larger reaction from you about even some of the higher tier guys based off what that could mean for an innings threshold output, right? So all of a sudden, the 150 that you might get from Corbin Burns isn't so far off from the, you know, like if theoretically you were drafting the, the, the 150 from Burns. Oh, 150, 160, 170, let's say. Yeah, he had 67 last year. Is is Corbin Burns getting 200 innings this year? Not 150. (laughs) The point is, is Corbin Burns getting 200 innings this year? I for, I'm I think I have him around like 180 to 190 something like that's that. That's crazy. I still think that's too high. Well, let's it, say, okay, even, think even, of it this way: six innings per start for 30 starts is 180. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't Corbin Burns average in the six IPS this year? Who's his manager? Yeah, but last year he got 167, and that was when he was somewhat babied. Yeah, I would. I just don't think they're gonna. Sorry, that's my term for it. Yeah, I just don't think they're gonna change that. But what I'm saying is, even let's say it is 180. Okay. Yeah. That makes it a little. That he could theoretically be in the top innings guys over the course of the year. If all of a sudden there's three weeks fewer in the schedule. Well, no, yeah, but but the 180. Okay, we're not saying that Burns doesn't start all 32 games or or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, 32, 34. We're saying that the innings per start is gonna be lower. So the gap is still Mm going to be there between him and Cole. Because Cole will go deeper into games. So still, we'll still do that, right? Oh, I see so, what you're saying. I mean, I, so I would say... Like, it's not like you just chop off from the top guys and Burns doesn't get affected. I mean, I would say that it wouldn't... I mean, I wonder if IPS isn't as much of a concern for Council because they have fewer games to work with. Like, just like yeah. we saw in the 2020 season. I guess what I'm getting at is, I think this is the season after 167 for Burns that the IPS is, is already going to be, you know, unleashed. All right. Well, let's we want. let's let's get into the top ten then, because I think a lot of this conversation, when I was taking notes and looking at what you put out, is going to re- revolve around this uh, this innings question. That is something that we could talk about till our faces turn blue, but we're never going to know <laughs> answers to it. Uh, but the first guy, number one, one one, the first pitcher you would take off the board, even though you're not going to take a pitcher until three or four rounds later. But theoretically, if you had to, <laughs> is Garrett Cole. Yeah, this is the uh, the podcast where I talk about all the guys I won't draft. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, as much as I would love to, I mean, I have I have so much love for all these guys. Really, uh, Garrett Cole to me is just the most consistent one. Uh, it, it's kind of wild to me. Um, his pitches per game are 100. It was 98 last year, but it's 100 per start, mm. and he's always been that way um, with elite CSW numbers, elite everything. Even in his down year last year, and I did air quotes. 323 ERA and 106 whip. Like, it's not that bad at all. Yeah. Uh, 34% strikeout rate and, and, and the total amount of strikeouts were 243. 
dozens more than Burns uh, because of the innings uh, increase, right? And that's a that's a thing to to note here. You're even saying like you don't expect as many innings from Burns as you do Cole. Yeah. Um, and even when he missed some starts for the hamstring injury, he still had 181, which were more than Burns, right? So yep. I I just think this is the safest play. Cole, it, it, there's no way Cole dramatically is bad. And you're going to get wins. But the Yankees had 16 last year. It's just the safest play. Yeah, I wonder if like he almost at this time is in a tier of his own because... I almost feel like as soon as we get into these next guys, there are larger, I don't want to say I, super large, but there are some warts in all of these other sure. guys. Absolutely. I, I I will say Burns, his ability is absurdly good. And considering that everything I just said about, I don't expect another 160, 170 inning season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect more from, from Burns. He only had 28 starts last year. I think Milwaukee just puts him out there every five days and everything is groovy, you know? that yeah. no one says anymore i would make fun of my mom if she said groovy and i just said it <laughs> i but 243 era 0.94 whip last year 36 percent strikeout rate his cutter is so good but you'd be surprised to know that with its 17 percent swing strike rate earrings fourth in his repertoire that's bananas. Uh, curveball changeup and slider all at over 20 percent his slider at nine percent usage has like a 28 percent swing strike rate and it. it's hilarious to me it's kind of nuts and guys you can see on our new player pages the x average and the x woba of every single pitch type um hard hit percentage over pa as well based on it it's a really really cool thing spin rates (laughs) and all these pitches it's just all there you can see it i i think so this is where we this is such a a tricky conversation to have but because it's like who knows but i i I personally think that if Corbin Burns, I, I really would be surprised if he gets more than 180. I just, I just don't think Council's going to let him get anywhere near 190 or 200. Mm-hmm. And then I think you already take into account that there's an innings sort of cap there, which we can agree or disagree with. Um, but if we do agree with it, then you add the potential for injury, just like any other pitcher, which he got. He he hit the aisle once last year with a torso strain, I believe it was. Um, so I don't know. I just have difficulty seeing him getting over 170. Uh, and I think I would want as my two, a guy who whoa, has that chance. Whoa, hold on. Hold on. If he didn't have that injury, would mm-hmm. Burns have gone over 170 last year? Uh, he would have made one one or two more starts. So, yeah. Yeah. He had 167 last year. Okay. So all you need to do then is say he won't have a torso strain. And he, he won't hit the IL at all. Yeah. Well, then, I mean... With every pitcher, you know, sure, I could say that, you know, Cole won't go over 190 because he had hamstring strain last year at 181, you know? Yeah, but I guess with every pitcher, uh, yeah, there's always so an injury for every pitcher. Are you saying pitcher, that but... there's a, the highlighted one for Burns? No, no, no. I'm not saying that he could theoretically be more susceptible to injury than any other person, except for the fact that he has never thrown 200 innings. Um, sure. and, uh, and some of that's because he was used in relief over that. But I don't know. I It wouldn't surprise me if he just ended the year with like 160. Uh, and then I think that that's too prevalent of a risk for me to think him as the number two guy, whereas there are other guys on this list who have hit 200, who have put those ratios and those ERAs up. Um, who have done it over longer periods of time. Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever you want to say about injury stuff, I'm kind of, for for most of this, every single pitcher, just because they're a pitcher, has an injury risk. Mm-hmm. Unless they're DeGrom or Scherzer, who have mm-hmm. just this now, like, you know, clear bug. Sure. Uh, you got to kind of normalize it and say, like, anything that I'm applying to Burns, I'm going to apply to Cole. I'm going to apply to Wheeler or Woodruff. So then mm-hmm. if you want to talk about innings, it's about, okay, I... You know, what is their situation that would allow for this? And it sounds to me like you're making the argument that that Milwaukee is just always going to limit Burns. Then that's what you believe. And that's fine. I don't believe that. I don't think that Burns would have, you know, just like the example of last year, he had 28 starts. He would have had like 32 if he didn't have that injury. And that would mean he would have had 180, 190 innings, you know, somewhere in there. And I don't necessarily believe that we should be drafting any different with our expectations our, yeah you know, that was the terrible sentence don't draft different with your expectations fast our expectations shouldn't be any different yeah i i guess i'm just looking at like all of the guys that they stretch out to get 
um, innings from because they did have the fifth highest innings among starters last year, but that probably well could have been because of effectiveness. And I just feel like Woodruff would be the guy that would likely end the year with more innings. Well, that's why he's uh, my number three. But why not two? Uh, because Corbin Burns did it with absurd stuff that will stick around again. And I don't think that their oh, innings totals are going to be like so far different. Brendan Woodruff's fastball is amazing. Mm-hmm. His changeup and slider are the fifth and sixth best Burns pitches. <laughs> you know, right? Like like the uh, the four that Burns has of cutter, curveball, changeup, slider are all better than Woodruff's oh, than Woodruff. number two and number three. And that that's that's you know that's why Burns is number two. Um, that doesn't mean that Woodruff is not good. I actually have him here because I think he's going to get 200. I mm-hmm. think that he's going to be just a, an absolute rock for you. Might People might not realize that he had a 2.56 ERA last year. It wasn't even like it was the 3.05 of 2020. 0.97 mm-hmm. whip, you know, 30% K rate. He's not going to get as many strikeouts, I think, as Burns. But and maybe if it's just over the same, you know, if it's over a little bit more volume. I look at the Brewers and I see Woodruff as their one and he's the one that will push the first game of the series a little bit, and then hopefully Burns matches him. But I think innings per start-wise, Woodruff has the upper hand. So that's why it's close, but Burns' overall stuff, um, to me, makes it a little bit safer, so I go with Burns. Number four, so this is, I think, the first guy that I'd be like, well, okay, the ratios are not too far off, but you have to figure that the innings pitched would likely be closer to 200 because he's already done it and the Phillies just seem to let him go out there and that's Zach Wheeler I love seeing him number four I think that's awesome I think you're probably more thrilled than anyone to be able to put Zach Wheeler in your top five thrilled but now so are it is uh, I mean obviously I want to let you speak for yourself and you can walk through your reasoning but is there any indication of like yeah he could probably hit 200 but I don't necessarily believe he's going to put up the same ERA that he did last year yeah, there's more question, I think, in what Wheeler does than what Woodruff does. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to the new slider being introduced last year, not the most overwhelming pitch uh, for Zach Wheeler, but it did open up the door, I think, for more strikeouts with a higher O swing, up to 34% on that, which is good. It's not elite. You know, it, it, I wonder if this is just me being weird. I uh, Is it just me or... or are there low, sorry, fewer pitches with elite O swings these days? Fewer like, pitches with like, elite O swings. So like 40% O swing. When I came up with money pitch, I felt like all the time I saw like 40% O swings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing so many just 35% all of a sudden. And maybe it's because everyone's embraced the walk right now that every all the, all the batters aren't swinging out of the zone as much. Uh, this is just something I've been noticing. I'm like, yeah, my, I have to kind of change my my tweaks of what makes a good O swing on a pitch. But anyway, all that aside, uh, Wheeler's slider uh, usage went up to 25% as well. I was hoping for in 2020. We actually got a decrease there. And then it went up from 20% in 2019 to 25%. So Wheeler's throwing more sliders. They are great pitches. Uh, and they had a uh, an average of 196, expected average of 221 last year. I mean, it was it was great for him. Um, while his four seamer is absurdly good, 71% strike rate, so all the time just getting strikes with it. Low batting averages again, expected average of 219 on his four seamer. They mm. threw 42% of the time. And then Wheeler also has a sinker that had oh my, this is the craziest stat to me. <laughs> This is nuts. I didn't realize. Oh, my God. Okay. Throws it at 97, right? Zach okay. Wheeler's sinker. Fast. Yeah. Tell me. When you think of sinkers, I, I have like kind of like a golden rule of what makes a good sinker, right? Sure. Um, do you remember what it is, what my favorite attribute is of a sinker? Ground balls. No, but it's, it's often a product of this skill. Low in the zone. It's it's a high O swing above 30%. That's what I say okay. is like the dream. I want O swing of 30%. Zach Wheeler's O swing on his sinkers were 47%. He had a 47% O swing on sinkers? On sinkers, because he's just jamming them inside all the times to righties, and they can't do it at that speed. That's insane. Well, hold on. I want to go. That is insane. I want to go back to your question because this is very interesting. So the the formula for re, review for people what the formula for O swing is. It's just swings out. So when you throw a pitch out of the zone, how often mm-hmm. does it generate a swing? So it's the and it could be any swing. Out, it's denominator is outside of the zone. The 
pitches outside mm-hmm. the zone. And then if you swing, if it's a swing and a miss, if it's a, it's contact, whatever, as long as you swing, that counts. So last year, 2021, yeah. Yeah. was the third lowest O swing in the league. There you go. Uh, it's, yeah, it's and actually the year before 2020 is the lowest in recorded history. If I'm doing it right, because I believe it's total swings with the denominator being just pitches outside of the zone. Yeah. Right. So it's 27.3% in 2020 and then 27.5% in 2021. Fast, I can't get over this. This is the most ridiculous thing. 47% O swing on a sinker. I've never actually seen this, especially one that's thrown 18% of the time in this often. And also a 49% zone rate. Uh, This is absurd. This is like one of the best sinkers I've ever seen in my life. How many How many did he throw? Uh, he threw, we have a standard tab for that, uh, 587 of them. Um, insane. Absolutely. So it's, it's uh, all I need to say here is that Zach Wheeler has some insane fastballs and uh, four seamer and sinker. And then I actually include the slider more so that he got strikeouts as well. He also has a curveball that he throws for strikes. I uh, had a CSW of 35%. So that's good. I didn't get as many strikes as I would want, I should say, but I just when he executed them, they were successful for him. Low 147 batting average allowed. Everything I'm talking about with Zach Wheeler, all I'm getting at is probably we'll have fewer innings as Girardi won't feel as forced to throw him into the ninth as he did last year. But I think his fastball is just so overwhelming that you won't see like a 3-5 or a 3-8 or ERA or something from Wheeler all of a sudden. I think he's established himself as... Uh, just an overwhelming dominant pitcher and i don't see why he doesn't hint at 200 again with good ratios and maybe not the 30 percent strikeout rate but at the very least the 25 percent plus interesting so does any of that those sinker findings move the needle up to above woodruff no because i think no. i think it's just a little bit more consistent with the strikeouts with woodruff uh, it's like a little bit of a leap that, you know, you just had a 29% rate Wheeler did, and I hope that sticks around, but I think Woodruff has said, yeah, I'm going to be around there. Don't worry about me. Um, all right. We have six, uh, what is it? Yeah. We have six total pitchers remaining that we're going to break down, but before we do, we're going to take a little brief break to get a word from our sponsor. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherlist.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. It's insane fast. <laughs> I can't, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at this because I finally have it separated. I didn't have it when I was doing my initial top 10. While I was doing the initial writing. And it's just, that's insane. Like, <sighs> you don't see this. I know. I, I, I don't disagree. I'm just trying to think of if that, if that, how that doesn't move the needle then. How that doesn't. Well, it explains it. Like, I, 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 at the end of the day, the results are what they are. Sure. Right. And it, it, it's always been Which that is a, way. Yeah. Like it's always I mean, been above results? 40% to uh, sink or O swing. Is that sustainable? I mean, it has been. He's so then, had over 40% O swing. So no, then no, why it, couldn't he, the slider is the, is the question of how much that'll include the strikeouts. Okay. Yeah. But the ratio then wouldn't theoretically dip that much. No, but he, I mean, he had an O swing of 40% of the sinker since 2018. So, like, this isn't the new thing. I'm just, I never saw this before. You just got all of a sudden more whiffs, too. 3% jump on them, but three-point jump. <clears throat> just, I just, I never saw this before. How have I never seen It's because I didn't have the good data. I didn't have them split up. I can't tell if we're, 
I can't tell if we're back or not, but I'm hoping you actually just keep all of the conversation that we just had. Yeah, we'll it was, just do that. I could, yeah, I could let Fast have a proper, like, moment, and then when we, like, recharge, I was like, no, I'm still freaking out about this. I, I want people to be able to hear it. I think people should totally hear it. Um, so that brings us, uh, we've had our little, you know, the, the revelations and the freakouts about Wheeler, uh, but we're moving now into number five. Now, this is Walker Bueller. Um Five, I think this might maybe it shock some people because it could be a little bit low. Does this stem from the fact that you're just not a believer that 200 is in the cards for him again? 17% hard hit rate per plate appearance allowed on Zach Wheeler's sinker. It's insane. It's you're, still, you're still talking about Zach Wheeler's sinker. Okay, great. All right. All right, fine, fine. Uh, Walker Bueller, I mean, I understand. Um, okay, so first of all, this number five spot was actually really hard for me. Um, I in some world wanted my number eight to jump a tier and be number five. I, mm. uh, and we'll talk about him later because of course I am. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but Walker Bueller, I think he's a prime example of where we might be getting too far in the weeds of, of analytics. And it, it's a case to me as a question I struggle with is what we do as analysts. It's the, it's, it's the great question. Because a player is performing at this level right now, what does that mean in the future? Mm-hmm. And the way I see Walker Buehler's 2021 is I see someone that went through a rougher season. It doesn't seem like that. It's a 247 ERA, 0.97 whip, 26% K rate. Like, that's not a rough year. 207 uh, innings pitch. I actually thought he should have been the Cy Young for the NL. But everything underneath it, you know, the, the, the classic phrase, but when you look at the numbers... Uh, it does suggest that Walker Bueller got a bit lucky and he maybe won't, you know, be as fortunate with those that ERA and then the strikeout rate dropping and maybe some concern and so on. What I see is a guy who, you know, dealt with the sticky stuff a little bit and we mm-hmm. saw those drops. Um, and I think this is just a it was a moment for him to kind of figure himself out. At the same time, he's on the Dodgers, who are generally an above-average defense. Mm-hmm. He's going to continue to get wins. He's going to be their rock again. Mm-hmm. And I really don't see a world where Bueller is bad next year. And because of that, with the high volume and the uh, high win potential, and still in the bad year, 26% K rate that I don't think drops if anything goes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm... I think it's, you know, I looked at Scherzer and DeGrom and thought they have legitimate questions of their health. And I want Bueller instead. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that all makes a, a lot of sense. I mean, I, I don't think he's uh, you didn't say this. I'm just kind of agreeing with you. I don't think he regresses, as some people might suggest when it comes to innings. I mean, unless they go out and make a lot of signings you know what i mean i don't think they have anywhere near the depth that they're that they're used to having in, in la so i think he's gonna be the the workhorse there even if they re-signed kershaw he can't be the workhorse anymore right um and i will mention too it's not like you know you see the six uh or you see the high innings workload uh he just started 33 games and yeah. he averaged over six per start with under 100 pitches per start he's an efficient pitcher and I like efficient pitchers that can also get strikeouts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's any. So talk to me then about that kind of conversation between Wheeler and Bueller. Uh, do you like, I think that's a really close neck and neck. If they theoretically both get 200 innings, um, what is it that gives uh, Wheeler the edge for you over Bueller? I think it's, uh, there are more questions about Bueller possibly not or possibly regressing more than there are with wheeler for me um i i think i mean it's the four seamer uh swing strike rate came down the velocity came down uh 95.3 on bueller's fastball was 97 in 2020 or 96.8 96.5 in 2019 right so bueller's four seamer wasn't as effective nine percent swing strike rate versus 11 percent and i'm saying look i think that's going to get better instead of worse right this isn't the new norm um, for the for the four seamer, um, he brought down its usage for that uh, while bringing up the the slider. I'm holding back a burp really hard right now. <laughs> I I, and <laughs> but uh, so I guess what I'm saying is I think things will get better for Bueller, but I 
I need to at least weigh some risk that maybe he doesn't. And I have a little bit more faith that Wheeler can be just more of the same. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that makes sense. I, I always feel so like just silly having, you know, any rebuttals to some of these things. Cause it's like, <laughs> what do I know? What, you know oh, what do I know fast? All right. But, you know, what, 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 what do we, so if it's two, if it's two, what do we know? So what are we doing here? Uh, all right. Having a great I, time I, talking about the thing that we love. You're, you're having a great time. Just the, the wheels are in motion. No pun intended. Wheeler's sinker is just running through your head. It's going to be the rest of your nuts. days. No, seriously. I, I mean, I got to I got to I, I, I can feel the, the tweet 24 hours because like I've got all this stuff to prepare for PL7. But mm-hmm. I just want to. Yeah, I want to look all this up now. Let's, uh, uh, the, the, and you're probably the, saying, Nick, why don't you look it up on your wonderful leaderboard? I think we can. Mm-hmm. There are one or two problems uh, that we or hiccups we ran into um, that we're sorting out. We need another week or two to kind of make that the leaderboard it should be. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be able to answer that soon. But that will be a StatCast leaderboard that you don't have to go through the Great Wall of Filters. That's just mm. a very basic one of, like, all the tables you see on the player pages. You can also do it with all the players. All the tables. All, all the, the players. players. P- yeah. PL7, baby. Pop all the jazz. tables. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's talk now about the next two guys that you have back to back. And I want to hear your thinking about how they re uh, how you decided to put them at six and seven. And that is Max Scherzer and his teammate, uh, Jacob deGrom. I, I didn't know that. I-, I only looked at Max Scherzer's like overall numbers. I didn't realize that he had a sub two ERA in about 70 innings with the Dodgers. That is yeah, he was unbelievable. Really it was, That's it was unbelievable. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think this more has to do with DeGrom than it does Scherzer. DeGrom's someone that we all know is the number one pitcher on the planet. It's yeah. just, we don't know how long it's going to be. You guys know me. If you are getting a pitcher, you better get one that is good and and safe through the entire year. You know, and, and I can't, I don't think anyone can tell you right now that they believe DeGrom is going to throw over 150 innings. That just seems so improbable. Oh, there's point. actually a lot of people who think that. Uh, yeah, of course. I, so uh, based off the conversation that I knew we were going to be having, I created a Twitter poll um, that yes! said, oh, I, love uh, it fast. I said 2021 was the first year since 2016 oh my that God. Jacob deGrom was not in the top 10 of innings pitched. Assuming a full regular season, how many innings pitched will he have in 2020? And the leader is between 140 and 160 with second place being between 160 and 180. Now, are they translating a full season as like a full Jacob DeGrom season? Well, they're saying 160, 180 innings. So, I mean, that. No, no. The, when you said assuming a full season. Yeah. Are they, I mean, are assuming they a full. That, yeah. Are they interpreting no, that? I think as, they're as interpreting that as a. DeGrom? There's no, no I think way that, people expect 160, 180 innings for DeGrom in 2020. That's what the, that's literally what the polls re- results know, are. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that there was. There's no other way to interpret that. Yeah, there is. There's two how? ways. Okay, how could he? How could he? Assuming full, a full season means assuming a full season of DeGrom. Okay, but then even if whether if it's a full season of DeGrom, they're saying it's 160 to 180 innings. Yeah, you're saying which, that they would, which be, would be like they're assuming health is what they took that as. OK. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're saying, uh, but either way, took your thing as assuming health from DeGrom. But anyway, I I don't. Oh, anticipate, I see what you're saying. OK, I don't anticipate uh, that at all for DeGrom. I'm saying like 100 innings or so because 100 innings. Yes. The 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 the. the just also think of it as like the spectrum of outcomes here okay like and i'm not saying like yes it is a hundred i'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. you know if you want to do it like a projection way which is the average of all the outcomes i uh, there's a chance like Degrom throws like seven you know like he literally is just still hurt by the first one where he has a torn ucl but he doesn't have a torn ucl but does he have a torn ucl mm-hmm. you know there, there's so much and it wasn't just one injury with Degrom; it was like four things of like multiple injuries through the year. And yeah, this is not going to last, you know, like this, this can't be expected. And again, when I'm getting a starter, especially like all these guys are essentially first or second rounders, 
yeah, I want one that I'm going to have for the full year. Now, in a Roto League, I can understand the argument. Look, if you're saying, Nick, 100 innings from DeGrom, his impact is just so massive because of how good he was last year with a .55 whip and a 108 ERA. And what I tell you is, are you honestly saying that that's exactly what he's going to have if he throws 100 innings again? A .5 whip. I mean, that is just, this was the most ridiculous thing we've seen. That's like when you play MLB The Show on easy mode. Like, that's Uh, like... (laughs) I'm not saying that DeGrom is a bad pitcher. In no way am I saying that. You know, he had a 238 ERA and a .96 whip in 2020 with a 39% strikeout rate. I mean, that's great. But that's literally a double ERA from 2021. And a essentially a double whip uh, from, from 2021 as well. And that was elite. That would be like the best guy in 2020. So the argument there of the 100 innings are just so far ahead of anybody else, I don't quite buy because I think it's... I think this was such an exceptional moment of 92 innings that it's it's not a guarantee that he replicates exactly that again. I would love to see it, though. That would be the best thing ever. Yeah, I think me personally, I'm going to bank on like 140, 150. Uh, I, I just please be right. I hope I know. I know. I, I know. We hope. It's I also am curious. Baseball. It's definitely better for baseball. It's definitely better for the Mets. I think having Scherzer yeah, there Mets, might yeah. lighten <laughs> might lighten some of the load if theoretically he can stay healthy because then he can kind of be the you know the the right. fence post there and then they can maybe rest him for a playoff run. He you know apparently the, the last report we heard was that the the elbow was healed. We can also take that or leave that right. Originally when he first heard the elbow, it was like it actually probably isn't going to sideline him for too long. He will be back this season, and then he didn't pitch again for the rest of the year. I, I'm very curious to see how his opt out plays into this. Like, oh, I didn't will, think about that. You have to think that Jacob Degrom wants to use that opt out because otherwise he is like a 36 year old free agent. His 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 contract would end, I think, in 2025. I imagine he wants to get like a six or seven year deal or whatever, a five six year deal at 33, uh, and just pitch to the best of his ability but then again if he tries to pitch and he yeah, tears his ucl gonna, fully i'm not gonna play that game i don't know it could, yeah it could go it could go yeah. many directions there's it could Absolutely. go many many and, directions uh, so on the other side scherzer I'd, i expect more innings from um mm-hmm. but uh 2019 172 innings 2021 179 i uh, you know there's just a general sense that i'm not saying that scherzer is gonna throw 20 starts or something Sure, uh, but you know, not as much as Wheeler and Bueller and Woodruff and so on. Uh, I think he's going to have fewer innings than all of the other top five, including Burns. I uh, and I, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, it, it's I, I don't know if I buy a two forty six ERA from last year repeating itself or a point eight seven mm. WHIP either. But and I think his fastball has gotten worse over time when it comes to just being more susceptible to the long ball and all. I. He's still going to be great, and that's why he's at six. You know, so let's put it this way: uh, for so your ranking is assuming about a hundred innings. Let's say for those listening, because you know everyone's going to have differing opinions on what the innings are. If he does get one fifty, so let's talking, say he was locked in Degrom. Degrom, yeah. If Degrom yeah, was locked in, a, if it, so, okay, so that's good to hear. If he was at one fifty, he would be number one. Yes. Okay, that's good to hear because I, I didn't know if at 150 you would put him at two or three or no. So because now it's people at home most can... en- it's also the most enjoyable time if you have him for 150 innings. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so and, there and you, you go. guys, right? If you're listening and you feel very very confident in 150, go ahead. How did you get that confident? Is what I want to know. How did you? Get that <laughs> what do you know that we don't? Um, all right, we can now break into tier two. We're not going to go through the entirety of the tier. We're just going to go through the remaining three. Uh, there were many bets in Las Vegas about where Nick would rank Sandy Alcantara <laughs> in his top 200. Uh, the over under was at six and a half. Six and a half was the over under. And he took for all those who took the over. Congratulations. You won. He is number eight. Talk to me about your boy. The was- new, your new follower on Twitter. Sandy Alcantara. Well, he liked my tweet. He didn't follow. Oh, I thought he followed. Okay, no. Well, I mean, what I put out a whole thing about like, here are thirty seconds of amazing Alcantara fastballs. So he liked that one because. Oh, I thought he followed. Still very oh, good. No, but <laughs> it's still amazing. It made my yeah, day. Yeah, fantastic. Um, 
Yeah, we'd love to get him on the talking pitching pod. We should do that. Anyway, yeah. uh, Alcantara is like a mini Wheeler still. Um, sinker, 97 to 98. 37% O-swing, which is excellent. It's not 47. You'll get there. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, I will say the X average on his sinker was 284. It was 223 was the actual results. There is an indication maybe that he's a little uh, worse with the overall command that uh, that Wheeler is. And I think that kind of pulled him down in the, the first half a bit. Changeups being the major th- number two pitch, but slider then reverse with changeup. You're actually going to see on the page is 24% slider usage, 24% changeup. But they split time. That is, the first half, it was a lot more change. It was like 30-20 or something like that. And then it split to 30-20 in favor of sliders in the second half. And that's when he went on his crazy run being a 30% strikeout guy and like a sub-2 ERA. And it was the greatest thing ever from like August 11th. Mm. So that should be Alcantara. I think he used about 32% sliders then. That should not be like he shouldn't revert back to 20% sliders all of a sudden. And yeah, that's like a 27, 28% strikeout rate with a sub three ERA and, or like a three ERA and a 105 whip or so. I'm not saying that's what I would project him as, but that's so in the cards or possible yeah. for Alcantara. Uh, keep in mind also, I mean, it's not, it's not fair to do this. I still always have hesitations, but I can't help myself. He had two disasters this year that if you have Alcantara, mm. you're going to have to stomach anyway. But removing those disasters of the Dodgers and going into cores, I think it's like a 2-4 year right that he had for the full year. And I, I think that the reason I want to say that, it just kind of showcases how good he was, save for the bad moments. And if there's any way for him to limit those bad moments, then yeah, he's going to be an absolute stud. So I'm a huge fan. The 24% strikeout rate is the big question. Hopefully he can retain the stuff he did in the second half. That's the only reason why he's on the top tier. So is there um, is the largest determining factor between Sandy Alcantara and number nine and Julio Urias just innings? With Urias, um, I mean, one, yes. I think I have a little bit more concern with Urias uh, given the, the labrum tear that he had mm-hmm. that delayed him and then also just kind of how the Dodgers have babied him forever until last year when they needed it. Not yep. to mention it was 186 innings in the regular season, but another two dozen or another dozen or so to get to 200, mm-hmm. uh, in, including the postseason. So Urias has a large workload, um, which, sh- you know, you can take it two ways of a, oh, he just did it and survived it. Mm-hmm. So he should be good. Or you could say, well, he's never had that before. Now he's more susceptible to injury. Either way you look at it. Alcantara should be hinting at 200. Well, at least has a better chance of doing so. With the Marlins being like, yeah, whatever, Alcantara. Like, yeah, go ahead. Not to mention he got knocked out uh, of a start after one inning last year. And if he didn't do that, I mean, he could have gone even further. Like, it, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I, I think you know that's the big gap between them. But Urias, I mean, the new curveball is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, 35% CSW. Batting average allowed a 155 as he got like a just uh, under 70% strike rate on it. Four seamer elevated in the zone with 31% O swing on a on a four seamer still excellent. Um, 72% strike rate on that, and then the changeup got a ton of outs. 66% strikes, so we got a ton of of those on it. CSW not as impressive at 24%. But that's because when it was in play, 194 batting average allowed. Like he just constantly threw this 44% O swing, so bad swings on it. Hard hit allowed per plate appearance was under 20%, which is great. You really want to see that. Uh, Urias just is a complete pitcher now. And I think there's even another level if that changeup gets the whiffs like it used to. Um, only 17% swing strike rate, but in the past 20% in 2019, which was really interesting. Um, but so, yeah, so Urias is a rock, I think, for the Dodgers now. And I'm a big fan. Yeah. So then... Um, I always try and like, you know, when I think about these rankings, break it down for like just to, to you know, get back to the Occam's razor of it. What are the five categories and who does the edge go to? Right. So if we're doing that, wins goes to Urias. That's easy. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's 20 wins it's, last year, which we don't expect to repeat, but no, like 15 yeah. or something. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So wins and, goes to him. Yeah. ERA is kind of a draw. I think you can say. 
Um, I could see either. I, I could see a world in which either went out. I really don't see a clear winner in terms of ERA. Do you agree or disagree? Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, that's fair. I know where you're going with this, and I do have a, a point that's going to be fun. Okay, so yeah. if Urias wins a majority of the categories, if Urias wins, you know, if WHIP is a tie, ERA is a tie. I'm going to say the WHIP is in slightly in favor of Alcantara. I know it was a 102 last year. Uh, I don't know if we can all buy the sub 5% walk rate all of a sudden from Urias. Mm-hmm. I hope that sticks, but it was 8% before, and it, I think the WHIP does get a little bit worse. Well, I think Alcantara could get a little bit better in his. But, yeah, it's pretty even there. The yeah. point so then it's I have is innings, right? And the, yeah. and what's important about innings, you might think like, well, what's what matters is well, it's the expression of the of the ratios. You know, you get more innings of a three year array of a of a you know a <laughs> totally. fantastic whip, and generally the strikeout difference. So you have uh you have Urias last year, 195 strikeouts uh with a higher strikeout rate, yet 201 for Alcantara as lower one. And now imagine that when Alcantara, which I do believe will strike up more than 24%, there will be a, 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 you know, a decent gap, I think, between them. So I think this is good again because I like I like positing this for for other people's opinions or, or, or I like I like what we did with the innings last time. So let's say, again, 200 for both still with Sandy Alcantara over Urias. 200 innings for both of them? No, I think you have to give the the, the slight nod to Urias then. I mean, because okay. I think, I the, think... Biggest, the biggest negative is also, yeah, the question, you know, it's Alcantara's innings. Not only do I expect to be higher, but also feel safer. Uh, oh, totally. That, he will hit, I... hit, that he'll hit his ceiling versus Arias. I just think that it's good because I, I agree with your assessment. I don't think Arias gets 180 again. Um, but I, for people who are like, no, I do. I think he's currently their SB2, and I don't know how many signings. I think they're done babying him. If you guys think that he does get upwards of 190 again, then. Go ahead. If you want to put him ahead of Alcantara. I want to say this too. Alcantara had nine wins last year and 15 Mm -hmm. losses. And say what you want about the Marlins. The fact that Alcantara is going as deep as he is keeps those win chances high, uh, especially as as well as he's pitching as well. And uh, Urias, you know, the gap between, like, let's say it's nine wins versus 15, six wins, it's not as, I don't know, it's not as sizable as it might seem is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I, I wish I could say, too, that they were going to try and rack up a few more wins this year. but Yeah, but the offense isn't getting better yet. No. Oh, lordy, that is oh. not very good. They just got a deal Pablo Lopez for some random hitter. Oh, that <laughs> That's what I keep seeing around Twitter or something. I'm like, no, but, I mean, I want Pablo Lopez in New York City. That would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be nice, yeah. Way, but, yeah, anyway. Let's we move on to line. our final guy to round out the top 10. No no major surprise, I don't think. And that is Robbie Ray well, in his new home in Seattle. Well, he's polarizing. You know, a lot of it, it, the projections are going to hate him because they're not going to take a season <laughs> of a new approach and think like, oh, let's just throw away 2020's 18% walk rate. <laughs> you know, God. I am. I'm going to. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> I mean, okay, do you remember 2020 Robbie Ray? I got excited because because he was changing his arm circle. Yeah. And and I think everyone needs to truly understand why that outlines excitement. It's because it's a pitcher with potential experimenting. So many times we've seen pitchers who are we feel like close to the fringe of something try and do the same thing over and over and over again and not take that leap. Mm-hmm. And Anytime I see someone who's not doing up to snuff, try new things. It gets me excited because, yeah, we see all the time tweaks of opening doors. Look at Lucas Giolito. It's the prime example of a new arm circle, a guy that was completely lost figuring it out. So we're like, you know what? Good. I'm excited to see that he's doing that. He's throwing harder now. Great. Yeah. Didn't work. So he went back to his old arm circle. And Robbie Ray then went 193 innings of a 284 ERA and a 105 whip with a 32% K rate. And only a 6.7% walk rate. And it wasn't just the new arm circle. It was an actual change in approach. And there are times when we debate that. Of like, oh, no, we just said Alcantara changed his. And we'll talk about Blake Snell, I'm sure, with his as well. They did it starting in August. Robbie hmm. Ray did this from the third the start of the season. The yeah. third start. Even the first two starts weren't terrible. But you can even see the strike zone plot of him nibbling around the edge and then all of a sudden saying, screw it. I'm just going to throw four seamers in the upper third of the zone. And yes, I'm going to allow a few more home runs. But overall, I'm going to be super unhittable. And that's what happened. 
I mean, yeah, I think you can say a lot about the left on base rate, which should come down. But but I mean, yeah, I still so see that's like that's a great ratios and strikeouts. That's kind of the point too, where it's like, yes, there will be regression in left on base, there will be regression in Babbitt, but I think the change of approach means that it's not as dire or severe as other people right. would anticipate. You know what I mean? And and he actually, I remember if you read through the roundups, I uh, if you read around the roundups, I'm not always correct, of course, but the one thing I was mentioning and I remember distinctly. Uh, is in April when he started doing the fastball stuff, he didn't have a slider yet. It was more of just like step-by-step step of like, hey, I'm doing this in my fastball. Cool, once I have this, then I'll get my slider back. And that's what he had last year, but he never got his curveball back. Hmm. And it's not uh, it's not done. You know, I, I think that we might see a season of him refining this even further in a good way. And because we only saw 6% curveball usage last year and that used to be a very big part of his repertoire to high success 41 percent csw in 2018 with 21 percent usage uh 38 percent in 2019 with a 16 percent usage and it was successful when we used it last year but it was only six percent so robbie ray could still develop more on top of this it was just in such a groove last year that he coasted through it and there's no reason to change so I, I, i think there's still some extra tricks he has up his sleeve so then what's your final projection for him? Do you remember? Oh, I have it somewhere. <laughs> I think I, I mean, okay. So first of all, when it comes to projections of, of like ratios and stuff, you always like add like 0. 0.5 or something. Mm-hmm. You always like make it more conservative than we kind sure. of, you know, that isn't close to. It. I think, I think I had something around like a 110 whip or, or 112 whip and like a 3.6 ERA. And, oh, wow. Okay. And, but I mean, but the thing is like all these guys are 3.6 now. Like Giolito's coming up next and like Flaherty and Gaussman, all these, they're all there. Like I had Cole at a 3.1 or something. Like I need to, you need to push them all. Like no one is under a 3 ERA. Like DeGrom is. I think that's yeah, the I guess what one I'm- I did. If what I'm hearing is there's theoretically more in the tank for Ray, right? Because a curveball could take a step forward and there will be some slight regression. You know, not a 90% left on base rate isn't sustainable. Uh, you know, I, I, like, so then if there is, then we're talking about maybe a 29% K rate, right? We're talking about like a 1.1, 1. 1, 1. Oh. yeah, probably 1.1 whip. Uh, so then where, how, how, where does that, and maybe 200 innings again or 190 so and a better better opponents because he's in the AL West how does that put him behind uh, Alcantara and Urias well first of all strikeout rate I don't really expect to fall to 29 I don't know I he was a 32 percent strikeout guy last year and I kind of like yeah man you're dope you're gonna do that so then more K's it's like than the, it's just it's, the left on base rate I think is is a lot of whack maybe it's slightly more walks than the 6.7 percent um, but I, I guess what I'm getting as any sort of regression could be nullified by the curveball. It's not safe to bet on that, but I think it's a possibility. I'm not going to rule that out. Um, but yeah, I, the reason Alcantara and Uris are higher is I think it's just safer as far as they've established their skill sets a little bit better mm-hmm. to me. It's a little okay. bit more straightforward. It's, it wasn't as much uh, luck that generated their success last year. As you can say, yeah, 90% left on bracement. What the heck? Yeah. I uh, so that that's kind of where that is, but yeah, as you mentioned, with Ray in, in Seattle, it's a great situation. It's gonna throw a ton, hundred ninety innings. Let's go, maybe in two hundred even mm. uh, for Ray, as long as he's this efficient as he was, I uh, with the uh, limiting walks and I I just think it's a really good situation. There are a lot of people that are expecting him to fall massively on his face. Yeah, and I I just don't really think that's gonna happen for Robbie Ray. Neither do I. I think also Seattle's too smart to take that risk. Like, I, I don't think they would have given him that contract if they felt that it wasn't a pretty sure thing mm-hmm. that five-year deals is a pretty big commitment to right. make to a guy that you think really isn't going to be able to do what he did in the past. Yeah, but what they said is, look, Robbie, Robbie, we're going to get you all the good pants you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I think he, I think he's happy very much with the pants that he has. He likes yeah, to be. Say, uh, we're gonna, we, got, we got a whole supplier for you. Don't oh, worry. Okay, great. Tight pants, Robbie. Um, this we, Nick said this episode was going to be 40 minutes. He lied. I know. Uh, and they're all going to be much more than 40 minutes, especially I'm because missing. we have what? We have 24 episodes to go. No, not everyone is going to be one through 10, but uh, we've got plenty of these episodes remaining because we're going to break down all of Nick's top 200 uh, pitchers. And then by uh, the time we're done, Alex Fast will have his own. 
top yeah, 100. It should be it should be mine, which is good. I'm, I feel like I'm gonna. Usually, I would be worried about talking about yours before mine, but I'm feeling a little more confident in my opinions. As you should. Uh, and I, yeah, and I, I don't think my my top ten will be as similar as your top just, ten. Just because probably one thing, one thing. What when you when yeah, you know, I'll tell you beforehand which pictures I want you to talk about. Okay, you're not going to write out the entire paragraph before the episode. Uh, well, I yeah, I won't because I'll already have done it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Don't, That's how I don't read me the paragraph fast. No, 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 no. I'm reading you the paragraph. Yeah, <laughs> Guys, the paragraph. I'm just joking. I'm joking. So what? Fasted back in 2016 in the very beginning. Dude, I did it last week. <laughs> I know. I was giving you an out. <laughs> no, I, I'll, I, I have no qualms. I have no qualms with my anxiety. That's no, how I prepare. It was I. Uh, I mean, that's. I mean, I will say this. I've said this to many people. You're only as good as your notes when it comes to podcasting. And fast prepared oh. massively. That I am uh, Orson Welles, baby. Like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm in no place to criticize. I'm looking forward to those the top 100. I'm mostly looking forward to understanding where we differ. Um, that's always the the exciting mm-hmm. part of it. Seeing who we establish as our players for the year. Yeah, and I think that opens up a little bit more in the top 20. So excited to talk about those guys next. I agree. Uh, but yes, that will then do it then for this episode of On the Corner, the official Patrillas.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys later this week.